0: I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Welcome to the river. I am so glad that you are joining us today. And, uh... In case you haven't met me yet, my name is Gerald. I'm the pastor around these parts. We are excited that you're worshiping with us today. And before I get too far into the message, I just have to ask a question. How many of you are old enough to remember boredom? Okay, a few hands are going up, right? If you are over or younger than 25, you need to bring your hands down. Because I mean, here's the truth if you're younger than 25, you don't remember a day when we didn't have infinity in our pockets. <laughs> I wasn't expecting an amen there, but I'll take it. Right, because like, I mean, here, here's the truth. Like when we, when we think about today, if someone's bored, like, I mean, I can even remember our kids when they, when they were younger, like if they were bored, like we could get an iPad and, and put it in front of them, you know, and, and all of a sudden boredom, gone. But I, I can still remember a day when like I had nothing. Like I had a couple of sticks in the backyard and, you know, and, and I made up friends and w- entire worlds in my sandbox. You know, like I, I had to have creativity to keep myself entertained. And, and, and I don't know if I necessarily think we need to go back and like throw away our cell phones so we can all experience boredom again. But I do think that with everything we have right now, we have conditioned ourselves away from the idea of, Getting alone with God. We, we we're so used to being entertained. We're so used to being, you know, brought in with with this thing or that thing that any time we pull away. And we get outside of those norms. It, it feels awkward. It feels uncomfortable, and so we we've been looking at this series that we started a couple weeks ago. Um, basically, the idea behind the series is: Why all the hurry? Why why are we allowing the world to set our pace. We, we look at what's going on in the world, and it's so easy to fall into everything that they're doing and the pace that's being dictated by the world around us. And I want to encourage us to pull back a little bit. As I mentioned last week, a lot of the material that we're going to be going through in the month of January is going to be based around a book Uh, by a guy named John Mark Comer. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in it, he kind of goes through these four spiritual disciplines, and we're going to, over the next four weeks, kind of look through them and, and try to figure them out a little bit better. But it all centers around a promise that's in the Scriptures, And that promise is found in Matthew chapter 11. These are the words of Jesus. And he has this to say about what it is to live at a a pace that's healthy. Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me. Sorry, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give is light. I love this promise. And the reason why we're spending time in this this month is because if you're anything like me, as much as you love this promise, it's not always easy to live in it. And so my hope is that we could take some time, slow down a little bit. It's January. Everyone's rethinking their lives. Everyone's trying to add new things on so that they can be a better person in 2020 than they were in 2021. And so... One of the things that I really want to encourage you to consider is taking this promise seriously and how how do we apply it? And so practically today, we're going to talk about the idea of stopping the noise. We need to stop the noise. There there is so much going on. There's such speed. There's such things going on all the time. But we need to stop the noise. We need to take some time in our lives and have have some quiet spaces where we can get alone and be with God so that there's not anything distracting us from hearing His voice. I want to read a passage of Scripture that kind of helps us understand Jesus as He was launching into ministry. And then in it, we're going to see some unusual things, I think, Maybe you've seen these before, but they kind of stand out to me as I look at the life of Jesus and how it all started. If you're not familiar, Jesus, he he came to earth. We, We just celebrated Christmas. He came as a baby, but then for almost 30 years, he lived in obscurity. And then at the age of 30, he stepped into his calling to allow the world to see that he was the son of God who had come to free them from their sins. And in order to help people recognize that, he went out to the desert and he connected with a man named John. John was out there baptizing people and, and having them repent for their sins. And in that context, Jesus came forward. We believe Jesus never sinned, but he chose to be baptized so that he could help people follow a pattern, help people see that we're, we're going to do everything that's right. Right. And so I want to read that story of Jesus going to John. And, and more specifically, I want to focus a little bit on what happened directly after that. But we kind of need to see the first part to understand the second part a little bit better. But I want to read for us today Matthew chapter 3. And I'll be starting in verses 13 through 17. And then I'm going to go on to Matthew chapter 4. But why don't we stand today for the reading of God's word. Again, Matthew chapter 3, looking at verses 13 through 17, and then chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And this is how it reads out of the New Living Translation. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, this should be done, for we must carry out All that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, Jesus came out of the water. The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and resting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the invitation that you have given us to a life that is full of rest, that is easy, And we recognize that for much of our lives, we don't, we don't feel like we experience that the way you've designed it. So I, God, I pray that in this next year, we could learn the rhythms that would allow us to experience more of your rest, more of your grace, more of the life that you have called us to live, that abundant, full life. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would speak to every person. The people who are here in this room, the people who are watching online, who are watching on Facebook. God, I I pray that you would meet all of us right where we're at. And that all of us would walk away closer to Jesus than when we walked in. We love you. We praise you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Before you see it, why don't you wave at a person or two? Wish them Happy New Year. Let them know you're excited to be worshiping with them. If you're online, let us know you're here. So, we, we looked at this thing here, um, this, this passage, this story about Jesus being baptized. And, and it's a great story. It's a story of him entering into his public ministry with a bold proclamation from God that I am your Father, I am with you, you please me. And so here Jesus is. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And then we flip the chapter, but the story is really just continuing. I hate the fact that they put chapter breaks in sometimes because I feel like you miss context, okay, I'm, I'm only going to read one chapter and I'm done. And if you don't read the whole thing in context, you don't realize that this is, this is a progression. So Jesus steps out. He decides to go be baptized by John so that he could fulfill his calling. There's a public proclamation that he is God's son right there in front of everyone. And then directly after this, he's sent out to the wilderness. And in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4, there's a couple of very interesting statements. Uh, the first one there at the end of, of verse 2, it says, after he'd fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he became very hungry. That's probably the most obvious statement in all of the Bible, right? I mean, we're going through the Daniel fast right now. How many of you felt a little bit hungry, you know, from time to time? Okay, a few hands going, yeah. It, if you fasted for a while, you're going to feel hungry. I don't know why they decided to throw that in there, other than maybe it was a setup for how the devil was going to tempt him. But then, the, the thing that's kind of more profound to me is this idea that, okay, he, he is being sent out to the wilderness to be alone, and he was driven there by the Holy Spirit the spirit sent him out to the wilderness to be tempted you know and it's so easy to read this passage and go isn't it just like the devil isn't it just like the devil to hit us when you're weak you know jesus is all alone he's hungry maybe a little hangry and and here you've got the devil coming and picking on him when when he when he's out of strength but We have to recognize that phrase right there. He was led there by the Spirit. And I almost wonder if maybe the devil tempted him then, not because he was attacking them, but the Spirit led him out there to be alone, to spend that time in in silence and solitude so that he would have the strength to face the devil. I mean, when, when you read the Bible, you recognize this showdown was going to happen. Jesus came to take on the works of the enemy. He came to defeat the powers of Satan. So it was inevitable that Jesus and Satan were going to have to go toe-to-toe at some point. Maybe, just maybe, the Spirit led him out to the wilderness so that he would have the spiritual strength to deal with the temptations that were coming his way. I don't know. It's speculation. But, here's what I do know. From this point forward, Jesus became very fond of the wilderness. From this point forward, you see Jesus going back often to be refreshed in the wilderness. And, when we read that word, it could trip us up. I mean, if you're from here in Wisconsin and you hear the word wilderness, probably you go to trees and forests and 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 being out in the woods. If you're more familiar with their idea of wilderness in Israel, I mean, they probably didn't have the trees in the woods. You're probably thinking more of like a desert or some place you know with lots of rocks and and hot you know and just just a place of being alone and the interesting thing is when we look at this word in the greek the word wilderness is this greek word that is eremos and it's translated several different ways in the new testament it can be translated as desert deserted place desolate place solitary place lonely place quiet place wilderness And if you're familiar with the New Testament at all, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness. He often pulled away. And sometimes they call it wilderness. Sometimes they call it deserted place. Sometimes they call it a quiet place. But there was this constant draw in Jesus to go back to this place. And in the next few minutes that we have together, I want to look at what he was chasing after and, and more what he was inviting us to. Because remember, Jesus invited us to carry the same burden, the same yoke, that, that we were to work alongside of what he had done. And I think one of the things that he is calling us to, one of the ways that we find this quiet life, this life where we, we're not hurried, by the world around us, is by giving ourselves over to silence and solitude. That is the practice that we witness Jesus using here, and it's something I believe he's inviting us to. But again, with as crazy as our world is, I think we've lost what this means. So let me, let me break it down. First, let's look at this word silence. Now, I know it sounds like a no-brainer. No, it sounds like it, you should understand what silence is. But here, when we look at it in this context, it's a pulling away. It's saying, I'm not going to let there be any kind of outside distraction. I'm not going to be around people. I'm not going to be watching television. I'm not going to have my earbuds in. I'm not going to be listening to worship music in in the corner. It's a pulling away and being completely and totally silent. Sometimes I think we fill our world with so much noise because we're afraid of what we'll hear in the silence. Silence is powerful. Don't believe me? Let's try it. For just a few seconds, let's just be in silence. How many of you were itching to get to your cell phone? <laughs> I mean, that, that, was like, that was like maybe 20 seconds there. Yeah, and, and it's like, there, there, there was just this the sense, okay, I need something in my, in my life right now. I need some noise. Need, because the problem is, if, if the truth is, if we get in the silence for too long, we have to deal with the noise that's in here. We've got to deal with all of the things that are going on in our mind and in our heart. But I think that's exactly what God wants to deal with. I think God wants there to be space in your life where you get quiet and you get alone with him. And in that quietness, he can speak to you and he can help you deal with the things that you're struggling with. We, As I mentioned, we read often in the New Testament of Jesus pulling away to a quiet place, pulling away to the wilderness, in Matthew 6, verse 31, we read this story. where it just, I mean, I just love the connotation here. Jesus, talking to his disciples, says, Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place. That's that same word, Ramos, the wilderness. Let's go off to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this, because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles did not even have time to eat. Have you ever been in that, that, that season where everything's going on so fast and, and everything's just flying around you and like you, you just don't even have time to go through the drive-through? Like you're, you're just going 100 miles an hour. And Jesus said, like, "Okay, this isn't good. Let's go away. Let's get someplace quiet. And you can spend some time with me. I think this is something that all of us are being invited to. I mean, here he's inviting his disciples, but we're his disciples now. He wants us to pull away. He wants us to sit in silence with him. I would challenge you this week, find a space, maybe it's just an hour... Get alone someplace where you're not going to be found. I mean, if you're a parent, you might have to lock yourself in the bathroom or you might have to you know, go hide in the broom closet or something. I don't know. But, but go find someplace where you're not going to be bothered for an hour and just sit in silence. Maybe have a Bible with you. Maybe have something to write with. You're gonna find it's powerful. Like I'm saying, like no music, no worship music, nothing else. Make sure your cell phone is in the other room. Make sure your computer's in the other room. It's just you and God in the quiet. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna be uncomfortable. But if you learn to do this, you're gonna find that you're gonna develop a habit that will strengthen your soul. I'm so appreciative of the district that my church is a part of here in Wisconsin. I was doing this before I came here, but the district here is offering to their pastors every year this thing that's called a silent prayer retreat. And so for three days, we go and we basically take a vow of silence. And none of us talk to each other for three days. And it's glorious. And I understand, I'm an introvert, and so this kind of stuff, I love this kind of stuff. And if you're an extrovert, you'd probably be crawling out the walls and and, and trying to get out of there. But, But the thing is, it doesn't matter your personality, all of us need this. And I'm here to tell you that those three days are my favorite time of year. I already have the dates on my calendar for this year in October. This is something I feel like I can't live without because I recognize how easy it is for me to let my entire year go by without spending significant pulled away time. I mean, I try to do it every day, but I love the fact that I have something built into my year where I say, I'm gonna go alone and just be with Jesus and just strain myself to hear his voice. I think that's a part of fasting too. To be honest, fasting is silencing your flesh. One of the things it comes down to when it comes to actually physically eating and and using a physical fast, we're so used to shoveling things in our face that we kind of, we get used to take care of ourselves. Fasting is a way to say, I'm going to put my spiritual needs above my physical needs. I'm going to quiet my flesh for a little bit. I'm not going to pay attention to that. Yeah, it's hard and it's difficult and not everyone can do that. I recognize, seek your doctor's advice before you take on anything significant when it comes to fasting. That's why I like the Daniel fast because I think almost anybody can do it and you're still going to feel uncomfortable and you're still going to probably get sick of beans and rice after a while that you know, it's just going to be something that you're going to learn some discipline in it. You're going to learn to hear God's voice because you're setting aside that time so silence is important the other aspect of what jesus did was this idea of solitude and the thing is solitude is different than isolation solitude is different than saying i'm sick of you people i'm just getting away from everybody although there can be a little bit of that in solitude too but but i mean this is this is more than just being antisocial it's saying i'm going to pull away for a purpose I'm going I'm to get away from the people around me so that I can get closer to God. Like, I believe in the spiritual discipline of being in community. I think we need one another. I think we need to be worshiping God together. I think we need to be studying God's word together. I believe we need to be praying together. But there also needs to be rhythms in our lives where we pull away and it's just us and the Lord. We need to have those things in our lives where we're not focused on what the person around us is going to think about us. We're simply focused on, how do I hear more clearly from God? So, if you know the story, Jesus, the passage I just read to you, Jesus said, come on, let's go away. Let's get to a quiet place. And so they go off, and they go to this quiet place. Unfortunately, people followed them. They recognize, hey, these guys are going off. We we should go see where they're going. And before they knew it, there was five thousand men standing around waiting to hear something from Jesus. So they go away to get to this quiet place, and then ministry happens. And that's going to happen. I'm just here to let you know you're going to try to do your best to set aside time. You're going to try, and sometimes you've got to interrupt it because things will happen. But it doesn't mean you ignore it. You, you still find space. And so if you know the story, Jesus tried to pull away. Then all of a sudden 5,000 people came and they bombarded him and they wanted to hear him and then he ended up feeding them. And then we read this in verse 46. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. So He he allowed the ministry to happen, but then he even sent his disciples away. He said, you guys get on, you know, get in the boat, go across to the other side. I'll meet you over there, but you guys go ahead. And he pulled away, and it says he prayed throughout the night. And that sounds really spiritual, except when you realize, if you read this in context, it was the only time he had. It wasn't that Jesus was so spiritual, he was up all night praying, He didn't have opportunity until that moment. He tried to get away. The people followed him. And so finally he sent everyone away and he wasn't going to neglect the solitude. He wasn't going to neglect the time he needed to be with his father. And so he pulled away and he, he got that solitude. This needs to be a rhythm. This needs to be something you build into your life. Maybe not silence every day, but at least somewhere. But I think every day, you need to find a way to pull away, get with your Bible, and get with God, and say, I need to be refreshed. There's this uh, priest, great author, uh, by the name of Henry Nouwen, and he, he's got a lot of great books about this very topic, Silence and Solitude, and just talks a lot about the spiritual discipline of what it is to pull away and to spend this time with God. And one time he had the opportunity to go to Calcutta and meet with Mother Teresa. And he had this very difficult life choice in front of him. He, he was trying to discern some wisdom for what to do next with whatever was going on in his life at that time and he, he sat down with Mother Teresa and asked her advice. I, I'm trying to make a decision about this, that, or the other. And, all, and Mother Teresa looked at him and gave him this very simple piece of advice. She said, well, when you spend one hour a day adoring your Lord and never do anything which you know is wrong, you will be fine. Now, if there's someone, I think, who could teach us a little bit about slowing down, who could teach us a little bit of what it is to hear the voice of God, I think Mother Teresa is kind of high up there. But she, she said this to this Henry Nowen, and Nowen was upset at first. He's like, that's not what I asked about. I didn't ask about having a quiet time with God. I asked about this decision. But then, as he thought about it, as he prayed about it, he realized this is exactly what he needed to hear. He didn't need somebody else's advice. He needed to renew his dedication to adoring his God, to spending that time slipping away and getting into the presence of God. I'm convinced of something. I don't think the greatest threat to Christianity in America is the sin we see everywhere. I don't think the greatest threat to Christianity is the virus or the politics or all this confusion about race and orientation. I think the greatest hindrance to Christianity in America is hurry. The people who call themselves Christians are so committed to the hurry that's around them. That we, we feel like we can't do silence and solitude. We feel like we can't pull back. And, and listen, I know all of you probably have great excuses. But this is where I'm going to step on a few toes and let you know that's exactly what they are. They're excuses. If Mother Teresa needed this, if Henry Nouwen needs this, if I need this, if Jesus needed this, You and I, we all need this. And we need to lay aside the excuses and find time in 2022 to say, I wanna dedicate myself to this. I'm here to tell you, I believe very passionately if you don't find a regular quiet time, if you don't find a regular way where you pull away and it's just you and God every single day, nothing of spiritual significance will happen in your life. You might have fleeting moments of seeing God's faithfulness because God's faithful and he wants to bless you. But I believe an overflow is waiting for you if you will simply dedicate yourself to this practice. And I know it sounds simple and I know it sounds too easy, you're just saying have a quiet time, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And make sure it's a quiet time. Make sure you're pulling away the distractions. Make sure you're doing nothing else but spending time adoring your Father and giving space for Him to speak to your heart, giving space for Him to speak to the noise. And and if you need tools for practicing that, come talk with me. I would love to give you more practical advice about how to do this well. But the simplest thing would be, again, just get alone with a Bible. Maybe with a piece of paper. Write some things down. But let him speak to you in the silence. I think this is what we need for our own selves. And I think this is what the church needs if we want to have anything significant to offer the world. If we want to invite them to the rest that Jesus has promised, it doesn't come unless we dedicate ourselves to silence and solitude. So, let's live this out this week. There's a couple ways you can do that. The first thing I really want to encourage you, spend some time this week fasting. Now, like I said, it, before you do anything significant, make sure you talk to a doctor. If you're, you have any kind of underlying health conditions, don't do anything radical without talking to your doctor first. But I think most people could skip a meal. Most people in this room, I think, could do the Daniel fast for at least a day where, where you're just eating fruits and vegetables or whole grains, not eating processed food. McDonald's does not count as the Daniel fast. I don't think there's, well, there might be a, a salad if you take away all the good stuff on it. Uh, just give me something green and that's it. you know. But, but, but even if you're not gonna fast from food, Maybe take a day and say, I'm not going to pick up my phone. And after you get the willies after 30 minutes, just say, okay, I'm still, I'm going to stay away from it. I'm going to lock it, give it to a friend. Do something, I don't know. Find something that's going to be significant for you. Where you know it's going to cause you to think about it, which will cause you to think about God. Use the prompts, use the longings you have for whatever you're fasting from to prompt you to say, God, I need you more than this thing. I need you more than food. I need you more than social media. I need you more than the nightly news. Oh, how we need him more than the nightly news. (laughs) But that we would dedicate ourselves to that. Then, take some time this week. Practice silence and solitude. Again, maybe this is new for you. Maybe that 20-second exercise I did, you were, you were just going crazy. You, you had to pick up your phone, or you had, to, you had to just think about something else. Make it a practice. Maybe start with five minutes. Maybe start with 10 minutes. But do something significant. Don't, don't just like, okay, I'm going to do 20 seconds. Okay, I'm good. I'm done. I got my silence in for the day. But, but here's, here's a, a thing that I want to encourage you too. Sometimes you can do this for just 20 seconds. Sometimes if you're feeling the weight, if you're feeling the rush, maybe as you're pulling into the garage and you know you're about to run into a storm of stuff waiting for you when you walk into the house, or maybe as you're pulling into the parking lot at work and you know something's waiting for you there, pause. Take 30 seconds. Say, God, I want to center on you now. Now. And I'm telling you, just that simple 30 seconds of silence before you enter into something crazy can ground you. Because sometimes we're going so fast from this thing to that thing to that thing, we don't have time to ground ourselves in the Lord. So find a way, find a rhythm, find a way to practice that this week. And then take some time and focus on the goodness of God this week. I would really encourage you, pick one of the Gospels. And if I had a preference... I would say, pick the Gospel of Luke. And look at the ministry of Jesus. Look at what he does. And whichever one you do, again, especially Luke, Luke does this really well. All of them hint at this at least. Pay attention to how many times Jesus pulled away. How many times he rested. How many times he went to a quiet place. How many times he went out to the wilderness. How many times he just took a nap. Praise God for naps. Sometimes they're the most godly thing you can do. Jesus did it. I think we need to bring them back. I mean, I remember doing it when I was three, but I think we all need to find the spiritual discipline of napping. Maybe I, I need to do a whole series on that. I don't know. But, but, but pay attention to that. Recognize this is something that Jesus took seriously. Not napping, but pulling away, getting away, finding those quiet times. And then, I'd really want to encourage you, text me what you're learning. I'd love to hear what God is teaching you about silence and solitude. I'd love to hear how God is talking to you during these quiet times. I I want to know that God is doing something great in your life, because I believe if we dedicate ourselves to this, God's going to start doing something great in all of our lives. So let's be people who don't just hear the word, but we live it out. I'm going to invite the band up and we're going to sing one more song. And if you got to uh, move on, we, we understand that. But I really encourage you to take some time. I know there's going to be a lot of noise. I know there's going to be a lot of people singing. But I think even in this atmosphere, you can find your own solitude here if you need that. And if you need someone to pray with you, we're actually going to have some prayer people up here. If you just need somebody and say... I need prayer. I need, I need prayer for this thing that's going on that's stealing my peace. Or maybe you just want to put it out to somebody. I'm committing this week to practice this. And you want to let somebody know. Let one of our prayer team members know that. Or maybe you need to come to Jesus for the first time. I want to give you that opportunity too. As a matter of fact, I want to pray a prayer here in just a moment. And if you recognize you're not following Jesus, maybe you never have, Or maybe you used to follow him a long time and you're just not following him the way you know you're supposed to. I want to give you an opportunity right now, an invitation to receive the life Jesus has promised. If you're going through this life and you you would say, I don't feel the rest. I don't feel the peace that I'm supposed to have. then this is your invitation to accept Jesus. To let him teach you how to live freely and lightly. To allow that rest to come into your soul. So with, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just I want to create an atmosphere where you can receive everything Jesus has for you today. So if that's you, if you feel something Holding on your heart, saying, "I need Jesus." That's the Holy Spirit. He's inviting you. He's drawing you. Don't turn away. As a matter of fact, I invite you to pray a dangerous, but simple prayer, inviting Jesus in. You don't have to use my words. You can use your own. You don't have to say this out loud. You maybe can just say this in the quietness of your heart. But I want to invite you to say a simple prayer that goes something like this. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God rose you from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin. For my mistakes. For trying to live my life without you. I turn away from my old life. And I choose to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Help me to follow Jesus every day. God, I thank you for this new life. Today I give you all of mine. As I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, please come let us know. Talk to one of the prayer partners, come find me. If you're online, click on that button that's coming on the link, or if you're on Facebook, send us a message. We want to make sure you have everything you need to follow Jesus more fully. But for now, let's worship one more time. Let's talk about our need, how we need the name of Jesus in our lives. And again, if you need prayer for anything, Come find one of our prayer partners. They'd love to pray with you. And we're, we've been seeing God do amazing things this year and leading into this year at these altars. Don't be afraid of prayer. Don't be afraid of, recognize you need other people to stand with you. Why don't we all stand for a moment as we sing this last song and as we trust in God and where he's going. Let me bless us as we go. Jesus, I pray that you would bless us, that you would protect us, and that you would keep us. God, that we would see your face shining upon us and that every day we would walk in your peace and in your favor. Be with us this week, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.